In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you, through the knowledge of God, and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. The longest I ever lived in a tent was about 10 days while backpacking in the mountains. It was kind of my home for that time, but wasn't really, it was a temporary dwelling place. Abraham, though, lived in a tent much longer. For him, his tent was his dwelling place. It was his home. And so God also dwelt in a tent. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they created a tent which we call the tabernacle. This tent was where God would make his name and presence dwell. The Israelites lived in tents. That was their home. God lived in a tent. That was his home. And this is how he manifested himself among the Israelites and lived among them in this tent where his presence was. Now later on, God made his presence and dwelling among the Israelites in a different way. John declared in the gospel account bearing his name, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1, 14. The word of dwelt is the verb form of the word we use to speak about the tabernacle. God tabernacled among us. We could also say God tented among us. As we live, so he lived among us. And that brings us to our text from Revelation today. In verse 3, it literally says, Behold the tent of God with men, and he will tabernacle or tent with them, and they themselves will be his people. In other God words, God will dwell among us in the tent which has become his dwelling place. That is, Jesus Christ will live with us in human flesh. This is his resurrection in its fullness for us. Now just think about it. What the disciples had and saw, at least temporarily, God in human flesh, we will have forever. We'll be able to sit at his feet, the feet of our Lord Jesus, and be protected from all the distress of this evil world. What a relief. The things that cause pain, suffering, sorrow, and so forth will be no more. The former life will pass away. We will have a new life. Here we see God proclaiming from his throne that he is the first and last, the beginning and end, and that he will give freely to the thirsty his water of life. Out of the fountain of life, he will share freely with you and me. So the rest of the world will pass away and be made new. And you and I will not perish, but rather be renewed, clothed in the robes of Christ's righteousness. For God will be our God and we will be his sons. For we will stand before him in Christ's image. So certain is this, God says, it is done. Here God speaks as if it has already happened and will certainly be. In fact, this is the way of many of the Old Testament prophecies. They speak in a verb tense indicating that it has already happened. In other words, 
From the moment God brought the world into existence, what he would do and how he would act was already set. God knew what would happen and what he would do. All of creation is in his hands already, including time. So he knows what will be, and he is Lord and Master of it all. And despite our sin and rebellion, which he knew at the moment of creation would happen, he planned his response to save and redeem creation through his coming into the world in our flesh to rescue you and me. He planned to tent among us and to die for us. He planned to lay down his life and rise again. To insert himself into the middle of our sin and death so that he could, by his goodness in life, make all things new. Here in Revelation is the answer to our prayers. That wars would end, people be healed, life restored, pain taken away, disease ended, creation be once again ordered, and God live with us again. We may not receive the answer to these prayers today, but we will receive them. God will fulfill his word and promise to you and me. So your prayers for healing and restoration of a fellow Christian, your prayers for restoring of your own body, your prayers for peace and for this world to be set right again, your prayers to escape the troubles and tribulations and condemnation of the world, these prayers find their fulfillment here. Jesus told his disciples they would sorrow, but that that sorrow would turn to joy. That happened with his death and resurrection. So also this will repeat again as we wait for the fullness of his resurrection to appear. We will sorrow and mourn in this world, but our mourning will be forever wiped away and we will live in the great joy of his resurrection promise. Jesus has overcome the world and we see not only his victory here in Revelation, but we see our victory. The faith which he has given to you and me results in us gaining this beautiful and wonderful inheritance. This is where our hope and joy is found. It's not found in this world, not in the things, nor in the people of this world. Many in the world think their future is in technology or government leaders, in the economy or in their children or in the power of their own hands. But none of these can provide life or restoration. None of these has ever conquered the world, overcome all evil, nor risen from the dead never to die again. Nor, no, no, only our Lord and God has done that. This is why Peter was sent to the Gentiles, too. There was no other way for them to obtain life. They were received into the kingdom of God as heirs of the new Jerusalem, just as the Jews had been, by God's grace. We see that in our reading today from Acts. So they, too, were baptized, and they gained this victory. Only through Jesus did they become conquerors. So too, only through Jesus will you become a conqueror. 
<coughs> Only through him do you gain entrance into this new heavens and earth. So don't look to this world for your fulfillment and hope. Stop looking to the elusive future. Instead, look to the one who was and is and who will be. Look to the one who has past, present, and future in the palm of his hand. To the one who has conquered and overcome already. Look to our Lord. Trust in him. He has made you a conqueror in the waters of baptism. His living water he has poured out on you who are thirsty for true life and true righteousness. His life has become your life. You live because from beginning to end he has secured your life. He even gives you this meal where you can touch and handle God to know he is here with you. That already he has begun to dwell with you even in this fallen world. He tints with you in bread and wine. But because you are his, he has a greater future for you. He is going to tent forever with you in his glorified flesh as you live with him in a restored and glorified body in a heaven and earth that is restored to its perfection and glory as well. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Risen indeed. Hallelujah. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. <clears throat>